Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with recurring guest, friend of the pod, Moshe Amsel. So for those of you who have heard one of his two prior episodes, no introduction is needed. But for those who are hearing Moshe for the first time, he is one of my favorite people in this space. He is, among other things, the uh, owner of Dream Builder Financial, originator of the firm 10x differentiator effect, (laughs) just trying to do off the key from uh, for your intro to your podcast, which I listen to every week. Um, And also, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily recently, but um, the... I would say impresario of the Law Firm Growth Summit, which is going to be coming up very soon. So thanks for coming back on the show, Moshe. Jan, it is my absolute pleasure to be here again. And I'm honored to be the triplicate, you know, the the, the three-peat uh, on the show. <laughs> but I don't get tired of podcasting. 165 episodes at the time of this recording of my podcast, the Profit With Law podcast, says, hey, I like to talk and I like to be behind the microphone. So Anytime you want to have me, I, it's my pleasure to be here. And I appreciate you sharing your space and allowing me to have a conversation with you and in your listeners' ears. All right. Awesome, man. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I'm sure to be all to the listeners as well. But um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of... I'm trying to think. Last time we spoke was pre-COVID. I'm trying to think. So a lot has changed in the last little bit, for sure. We're recording this first week of 2021. A lot of positive energy heading into the new year and a lot of stuff that's obviously been changing in the last year not only in response to COVID, but certainly accelerated by COVID. So, you know, one of the things I heard you say in a recent podcast was that COVID really forced the law industry to top for another five years. So I guess what's kind of top of mind for you heading into 2021? I want to take you back to something that I heard from Simon Sinek that really made an impression on me. And I, I brought it into the legal space and I'm using it a lot now. And that is, if you look at the history of Blockbuster and Netflix, look at those two companies and you say, what Blockbuster go on, go wrong? Blockbuster was the premier movie rental business, right? It would have been a natural shoe-in for them to become the Netflix that we know today, right? Look at other companies like Barnes & Noble would have been a shoe-in to be Amazon, right? Why did Amazon take them over? What happened with these companies? And if you look at the story of Blockbuster, what happened was the CEO at the time went to his board of directors and said, look, there's this little company, Netflix, that has this really, really cool idea with their mail and DVDs. And they also have this you know, online streaming of videos. It was brand new then. And he said, this is a great model that they came up with. We should do the same. And the board of directors said, no, we're not going to do the same because 13% of our revenue comes from late fees. And... I use that example because we know that Blockbuster is gone, right? And Netflix is now the ruler of the entertainment business, although there's a lot of competitors entering the space, including Disney. But the point is that Blockbuster was so stuck in their current business model that they weren't willing to see the future. And that's what's happening with law right now. And it's been happening with law for years But this acceleration is highlighting it. And that is that the old business model for law is not going to work in the future. The consumers are getting smarter. The consumers are realizing they have options. And people are demanding certain things from 
their lawyers. And if they don't get it, they're going to find another way to get their, their legal work done. And it's, this is the time, the time is now for us to look at that and to say, okay, how do I just kind of like assume that the past is the past, forget how I currently run my business and look at the future and say, what does the future look like? And how do I position myself to be that law firm, the one that 15 years from now, everybody says, oh, I got to go to this firm because they do X, Y, and Z. And it's a tough task to give you, right? It's a tough task to be like, how do I see the future? What do I, you know, but the writing is on the wall. Like you can look around and you can see the different things that are happening, different business models around how you price your services, different business models around how you sell your services. You know, how many of the people listening to this podcast the law firm owner or the rainmaker, and you're doing your own selling. Why? Why is an attorney who's good at being an attorney trying to be a good salesman? Bring a freaking salesman on your team. Yeah. You know, why are you trying to bill by the hour when nobody wants hourly billing? You don't want it. The client doesn't want it. You want it because it's the only way that you've been able to define what you're worth. So define it differently in a way that everybody's happy. If you start looking at every piece of the business, how we market ourselves, you know, how many people have embraced digital marketing in the true sense? How many of them are really using it properly? Or are we still relying on writing blog post articles to and peer-to-peer referral advertising to market our firm? When it comes to developing your team, how many of us are only looking in our current market for staff? And are we starting at the, oh, I need a paralegal. I need another lawyer. If you really break down the work that's happening in the firm, you probably only need one lawyer. And you probably, well, I I shouldn't say that. It depends on the size of your firm. I'm I'm not, you definitely will grow beyond one attorney if if you have your sights on a larger firm. But there's a lot of work your attorneys are doing that technology or a layperson or somebody with a list of instructions could probably do. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of an interesting thing because it's like all these sacred cows kind of started getting slaughtered at the same time. It's like for a lot of people, it's like, you know, their best conversion mechanism was I have the best office. I have the most polite, prettiest secretary. And, you know, their foot traffic was, well, I'm in the best building in town. And their marketing was, well, I'm at the right cocktail parties with the referral partners or the other attorneys that I want to have. And then, you know, I think a lot of those people had a rude awakening, but I think fundamentally, it's kind of an interesting conjunction because I feel like the game kind of changed with COVID. But people, if it took them this long, I think a lot of people have sort of that renewed energy with the whole, you know, the start of a new year, which everyone does. But that's why I think it's such a powerful time to be reconsidering this this thing, these, obviously, and, and taking a holistic approach and reconsidering these from a first principle. And like, you know, that old, um, you know, and, and with your accounting background, zero-based accounting. What do you really want to bring into 2021? What can you leave behind in 2020 and the the world that may not exist anymore with, and it's not that COVID is going to be forever, but it certainly has woken some people up. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point. Like what you, you focused on the fancy office and, and that's a really good point. I'm holding in my hands the 2020 Legal Trends Report published by Clio. And they did a analysis. They went to people and said, hey, what is the number one reason that you would want to hire a law firm? And what is the what they did was is they gave them 10 criteria. They matched only two of them. And they said, between these two, which is more important to you? And then they took another two. And between these two, which are more important to you? It's called a max diff analysis. They did this analysis. And 
dead last, both as far as this is, they did the analysis on how law firms achieve success according to lawyers and what makes a lawyer hireable according to consumers. And both of those analyses, both the lawyers ranking themselves on what drives their achievement and their clients ranking on what decide that makes them decide to choose a lawyer dead last in both of those having a commercial office space. And in, in the same report, it highlights how you can save $10,000 a year per attorney if you get rid of your office space. It's huge. I got started in the legal space because I got law firms as clients. And when I had five law firms as clients in my accounting business, I noticed a common denominator between all of them. They had fancy offices, they had staff, they had business coming in, and yet the owners were transferring personal funds every pay cycle to make payroll. We have a tendency to live beyond our means. We have a tendency to get into situations where we are trying to be fitting a mold or, or be better than the Joneses, You know that kind of mentality. And that's not going to make you win in business. What's going to make you win in business is to recognize that I have to be the best choice for customers to choose. I have to deliver the best service for them to then rate me and tell other people about me. And I have to do that in a way that is profitable so that I'm getting what I need out of the business. And if you simplify your business to that and you get to check all three of those boxes, you've won. Yeah. The problem is, is that most people don't check all three of those boxes and they're sacrificing one of the, those important keys in order to try to get the others. And that's not a winning formula. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting too. And, and I actually really like this from your 2021 predictions podcast, and you predicted a downtick in referrals. And I, I'm going to connect this to what we just said in the sense that there is this kind of stuff that seems like it's more important to other attorneys than consumers. The thing that's weird is that it's been very hidden because referrals from other attorneys specifically are such a major channel for people's marketing. So with that, at least on pause for a little bit, it's uh, like that old uh, Warren Buffett phrase, you know, it's not until the tide's out, we can see that who, who didn't have any swim trunks Who's on. Who's been skinny dipping. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, but it's, you know, such a powerful opportunity to kind of revisit these things and, you know, revamp them. So just as far as kind of the trends from, you know, maybe a digital marketing perspective or stuff that's been taking off, like against what, what are the things that are really exciting you that you've been seeing lately? Look, I, I think that the number one thing is that lawyers should stop trying to figure out how to do their own marketing. And this is in polar opposite from what I've told you 18 months ago. And I think that you need to be really, really selective in who you choose to help you with your marketing initiatives and marketing strategies. You need to have a holistic firm. You need to have somebody who can come up with a plan that evaluates all the possibilities and then leads you in the right direction. And the biggest problem that we have is that marketing agencies, there, you know, there are agencies that just do SEO. There are agencies that just do paid ads, you know, just do Google, P Google PPC, just do Facebook ads. And the problem is, is that there isn't one size fits all. There isn't one perfect answer for every single law firm. It all depends on how are people looking for you? Mm -hmm. And if they're not looking for you, how do you find them? And being able to identify that and figure out where you're going to be able to get your clients. So to think that you wouldn't try, let's see, if you're a law firm owner, you wouldn't try to give your clients advice on the stock market, 
right? Now, maybe right. you also trade stocks on the side, kind of like I do. And then you're like, oh, I'm a jack of all trades. I do know all this stuff. But most people, like, you know, you know what your lane is and you stay in your lane. So why are we trying to depart from our lane and be the best marketer out there? Hire a marketing agency who really knows what they're doing and let them use their talent and their expertise to make you the best lawyer. So I think that online marketing is essential. It's going to be the only way to get business moving forward. I don't think referrals are going to be gone, but where do referrals come from? Referrals come from social activities, right? If we're not hanging out in churches and synagogues and we're not hanging out in PTA meetings and we're not hanging out in men's clubs and we're not hanging out on the golf course and we're not going with friends to the theme park or whatever, like we're not getting together with with people, when do we have an opportunity to look at a friend and say, hey, by the way, I've got this real estate deal coming up. Do you have a good attorney for me? Or, hey, by the way, I'm drowning in credit card debt. I think I need, I'm bankrupt. Do you have a good bankruptcy attorney for me? That conversation never happened anyway. People are afraid to tell other people their dirty laundry. But a friend of mine's getting divorced and I can refer a good family law attorney for him, right? How do I find out he's getting divorced? Because we happen to be hanging out at somebody's birthday party. My kid and his kid are in the same class. We're hanging out at the birthday party. And all of a sudden, he's like confiding in me about how his marriage is ending. That's how those things happen. So when we don't have these social activities happening, that is going to eliminate the referral business that we naturally had coming in before. Networking functions, conferences, you know, all that stuff is gone for now. It'll come back, but what's happened is, is that it's forced consumers to behave differently in how they find things. So it used to be that the first place I look is I'm going to look for a referral from a friend. But now the first place we look is we take out our phone and we Google it and we look for the, for, for the right person. So if the first place I'm looking for an attorney is on Google, then the first thing that an attorney should be doing is making sure that they've got a ton of five-star reviews because that's what's going to make my decision about whether I should even check them out or not. It's not about who ranks first in a query. It's about who's got enough stars and numbers next to those stars on that search engine result that's going to catch my attention. Yeah. And that's why I think that my friend Andy Stickle has gone all in on reviews right now, and, and he's going to be doing a session at the Law Firm Growth Summit around how reviews drive your, not just your sales, but also your customer service and your, you know, everything that you do in your, in your firm. I think that's where we're heading. I think that it's more important to focus on getting as many reviews as you can than it is to try to figure out how to you know, make the next Facebook Live. Recently, I got into Clubhouse and there's going to always be another app. There's going to always be another thing that, uh, and by the way, for anybody who's listening to this, it's on Clubhouse, come and follow me at Profit With Law. I'm hosting. Might have to there. ask you for an invite, Moshe. This has been the, the hottest thing in the block and most of the groups that I've been following as well. A very short supply about here. Well, just go in there and create your username. And because your cell phone number is in my contact list, I might get pinged by Clubhouse to say, hey, uh, Jan is waiting for an invite. Do you want to let him in? I don't have any invites right now at the time of this recording, but as soon as I get one, I'll be happy to send it your okay, way. I didn't want to put you on the spot there. <laughs> but, um, no, it's pretty interesting because like, I mean, we always, you know, that's the thing. Like we, yeah, you'd said this before. It's like, you know, obviously who's to say when the whole pandemic situation is going to end, but in a lot of ways, the behavior constitutes a bell that can't really be unrung. So, and the other thing too, is like, and I'll, I'll go on record with saying this, you know, People always say referrals are the easiest things to close. 
No one's going to say that's going to lead to the most saleable business or the best SOPs or a business that's really going to grow without you. So I think on some levels too, it's like if you were comfortable, but you knew it wasn't an ideal situation, it's a wake up call for a lot of people that they're going through right now. Um, but yeah, one of the many things that are kind of you know up up in the air. And like, you know, another thing I kind of want to bring in, it's something that you mentioned earlier, Moshe, was now that we don't necessarily have the geographic constraint of an office, what kind of options are people been looking at in the last little bit? And this is stuff that's been around, but like, what have you seen the, the trends going in that direction? Yeah, exactly. What's happened is, is that it's, it's forced your hand to embrace technology in a certain way. So, right. I mean, anybody who has not been running with a practice management system of some kind or a CRM system of some kind has suddenly realized, Hey, I need to have this because there's just no way we could deal with paper when we can't share that paper around the office. Right. And many firms have already done this and we're kind of prepared, not intentionally, to be virtualized. Um, And I'm not saying that you need to be virtualized, but you have to be prepared for this to happen again. For those who have been saying that, oh, this happens once every hundred or couple hundred years, maybe, but it also doesn't get warmer by a couple of degrees, you know, (laughs) like we're, you know, we're, we're going through global warming and we're, I think we're introducing, and I could be wrong about this, but I think we're introducing our own enemies with, and I have no scientific background for this, but I think that the more that we introduce into the environment, the more that we create these monsters that end up, you know, like all of a sudden there's, there's more cancer than we've ever had before, where there's this, you know, a new bug that's this new pandemic. I think we see another pandemic, maybe not short order, maybe not five years from now, but I, I think within our lifetime, we're going to see another one. And we have to be prepared for those eventualities. Maybe it's not a pandemic. Maybe it's something else. But what if you can't go into your office? You have to still be able to function and not be a knee-jerk reaction, but have a plan for that. So I think that we kind of like recognize why is Peloton still so popular? Because people recognize that I may never be able to rely on the gym as my only place to go work out. So people are building out their home gyms, even though it's not for just now they want to be able to be healthy no matter what's going on in their life. So I kind of need both. I need a gym and I need a home gym. So you look at these things, Zoom, you can't get rid of Zoom because now everybody uses Zoom. So it makes a lot more sense for me to give the convenience of that to my potential clients and my existing clients to say, hey, if you don't want to come into my office and meet with me, but instead hold a call over Zoom, I can do that. And I'm happy to do that. You have to embrace those because who wants to drive across town to meet with you? Yeah. And like to like the Peloton example too, it's just like a lot of the times these things that some people are finding as a, oh my God, my business is going to shut down if I don't get this. Um, you know, the people that were running a virtual office, you know, shout out to Elise Bowie, like when the pandemic hit, all right, well, you know, it was a Monday, like, you know, same business as usual. And like the other thing too, is that even if you prepare something, uh, a lot of the times you have a more efficient situation than something that was just there because of inertia, just there because of like habits that you've been carrying on for five or 10 or 20 years of running your practice. I agree with you hundred percent. Look, I run my business virtually. I work out of my, out of my home. I have a, a really nice office in my home, but I have a Peloton in my office. I had that pre COVID. I also did a virtual summit pre COVID, right? You know, I I'm, I'm a big fan of not, Need, not needing to travel anywhere. I think, you know, when I started my business, I said, even if I'm going to have in-person staff, they're coming to me. I'm not going to them. We waste enough of our life in the car as it is. Why do we need to add a commute on top of that? So 
and I'm not saying that everybody should have a virtual business and nobody should have an office. I think there's a reason for an office. There's a place for it. I also think that there's a place for in-person staff. Like I, I think that it's great to have staff that could be anywhere that could be remote, but there's definitely value to be able to just turn to somebody and say, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And then they look at you like they're baffled and you say, wait, let me show you. You show them how to do it instead of sending somebody a Slack message. And then two days later, them sending a message back saying, I don't know how to do this thing. So there's a use case scenario for everything. But the point is, is that our options are way bigger than they were before. And we need to redraw the map. We need to, there needs to be a new game plan for the law firm. And we need to add these new options into it. We need to create a new offense. We need to create a new defense. And I hate sports analogies, but I'm going to use it anyway, because People understand that and they understand that, hey, I need to have a plan of attack. I need to know how I'm going to get clients and how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to, going to bring the business in. Then I need to have a good defensive plan. I need to know whether I have enough money in the bank to survive a catastrophe. I need to know that I have ways to operate in the event that, that something happens. So we need to be prepared for things, but we also need to figure out how to live in the new normal. And we have to marry those. It's easier to start a business today than it's ever been before. And it's harder to be successful in business today than it's ever been before. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's like, you know, the the stakes to getting it. And again, now it's like you don't even have to have an office. So another part of that sword is, you know, who cares? It's like, you know, you're a you're a Zoom subscription away. Well, I mean, obviously a, a legal education and passing the bar, which is no no small feat <laughs> for sure. But from starting your own law firm, I mean, if you're if you're considering just the uh, the competition. But yeah, I mean, I think I couldn't think of a better segue to the expertise that you've gathered for the Law Firm Growth Summit. So like, you know, can you tell us more about how what you have in store for this year and, and you know, uh, what people might expect if they want to uh, show up? Yeah, absolutely. So I, it actually, and thank you for, for asking and giving me the opportunity to share about this event because I'm super excited about it. If it doesn't come through in my voice, it's a blessing to be able to bring these great people together and, and to share that knowledge with the people who are interested to come and spend three days with us. Last time we ran it was December of 2019, and it was a very different world. We were competing against in-person conferences, and we created a model that was a lot less interactive and a lot more do it at your own pace, join us when you can kind of thing. So everything was pre-recorded. Uh, we had a live Q&A each night. It was very well received. We had over 2,300 law firm owners with us for that event. And a lot of people really had their lives changed at that event. I mean, we've had attorneys come back and say, you know, I was floundering, I was going to close my doors and I picked up on X, Y, and Z at the event and I it completely turned my law firm around. One guy even said he had his best year ever this year with COVID and everything because of the, the things that he implemented from, from the Law Firm Growth Summit back in December of 2019. So it's been amazing what we were able to do. But what happened this year is all the in-person conferences went online. And they all basically did that. They did. It was a bunch of, hey, here's a bunch of recorded sessions. Come in and listen to them. And maybe we'll slap together a way for you to chat with some other people. Um, and that was it. And I looked at it and I went to the vendors who sponsored last year. And I went to the speakers who spoke. And I went to the attendees who attended. And I said, what is lacking in the current market? Right now, everybody's gone virtual. Obviously, there's a ton of these events out there. You know, what do you want to see that you're not seeing right now? And my clients unanimously said, we we don't want to leave with a to-do list a mile long of things that we need to implement in our firm that we're never going to get to. 
we want to go to an event that we're going to have literal hands-on workshops that we're going to be able to leave with something that we've already done, already created that we just need to implement when we get back. And that really opened my eyes up to what, what the market needs. And then on top of that, there's also the social aspect and the interaction and being able to see other people and interact with other people. So we decided that we want to run this event live, completely live, nothing pre-recorded. And, and that's what we're doing. And as a matter of fact, I've even secured a, a physical stage, at least for myself, so that it feels even more real to the people who are attending. And the, it's a wild thing to try to coordinate 40 speakers to attend something live at specific times. But hopefully we pull it all off with flying colors. I'm hoping our speakers want to attend the whole thing anyway, but definitely you know, for their sessions. But the way that we structured it is we basically took these five areas that we think should be the key focus for law firm owners as they try to figure out how to position their firm for the future. And for each of those five key areas, we have a main stage session that's going to happen. From there, we have a panel discussion where we're going to have six speakers on a panel that I'm going to host and ask them questions and, and create a dialogue that's going to help bring out the expertise in each of them. And then from there, those panelists are going to break out into workshops. And those workshops are each going to be hands-on. And for people who think, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss five of those six, right? If I go to one of them, yes, but a VIP ticket will give you all the recordings. So you can always go in and catch the ones that you missed if you, as long as you get a VIP pass. Basically, the intention is to take you on this journey that by the time that you leave the event, you've got everything you need to be able to just walk away and implement and really crush it for 2021. And that's our goal. Our goal is to just make 2021 your best year ever. But not only that, set you up for success for the future, not just 2021, but beyond that. Yeah. You know what I hear that's really interesting, Moshe? Like the first thing is that you've taken an approach to like really matching what's happening to the medium itself. You know, what it kind of sounds like, and I've seen this from a lot of the conferences that have been going on. It's just like, okay, well, why don't we just copy and paste what a conference would be and move it online? But the, the reality is it's a different medium and there are some restrictions. You know, you're not going to have that water cooler talk and the cocktail party and all that stuff. But there's a lot more opportunities to do other things, which is, seems like you've really done. So, I mean, the other thing too, and and beyond making the actual presentation structure match that, I mean, this is actually um, new to me right now. I guess I have been listening to the pre-thing, but apparently not close enough. Um, I think the whole topic towards, uh, or like the whole trend towards having this active learning. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to an event and I just have my notebook and I wedge it in the back of my suitcase. And then by the time I open it up and pick it up home, it just collects dust. I may do three out of the, the other things too, but I guess also from this, the, the strategic focus, I think it's good. And then as far as the people that are coming into, is this for new law owners? Is this for people that are at a certain size or what, what's kind of the, the target for, for the people who you think are going to get benefit out of this? That's a very good question. And unfortunately, it's hard to hone it in. I'll tell you who it's intended for. It's intended for anybody except anybody up until you think that you're a big law firm. People have different definitions of small and medium. So if I say, oh, it's for small law firms, it's not for medium law firms, then all of a sudden it's your own definition, right? The bottom line is, is that if you own a law firm or you're thinking about starting a law firm and you want to know how to position your law firm for success, Moving forward, you want to be there. I don't care what size you are. The bottom line is, is that law, the legal landscape is changing for everybody. As a matter of fact, I think the biggest threats, the, the people who should feel the most threatened are the largest law firms. 
because we're getting into this gig economy. We're getting into this place where it's kind of each man for himself. We're probably going to even see law firms themselves that are like three or four attorneys might start using things like lawclerk.legal or things like that, where I bring on an attorney just for specific projects when I need them. Whereas overflow, rather than hiring an attorney with all the overhead of a full-time staff member, I need to make sure they're busy all the time and I could pay them what they want to earn and just pay them for the work that they're doing. Staffing and staff development is one key component in our in our event. I mean, we're going to have somebody, you know, Brett Tremblay from Get Staffed Up, where they have virtual assistants that are in Central and South America. We're going to have who else are we going to have that's that's in there? I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but we're we're trying to open your eyes up to this idea that whatever you have assumed traditionally is the case is not necessarily the case moving forward. And all I want to do is over three days is open your mind to new possibilities. And if I open your mind to new possibilities, you've already taken the big leap that you need to take. You've already taken that step because now you, you suddenly start realizing, wow, there is another way to do this. I've never imagined how that would be, but now I see how that can happen now let me look back and say, okay, how do I do this? So, um, you know, I think I think that this event has the ability to really impact you in ways that you haven't even started to consider. Yeah, and it's really interesting too. I mean, like, I really like the the multi section version of that, and like, I can just kind of, I'm trying to think of. Uh, there's actually a pretty recent example. So, one of the things that I kind of pushed to the side in growing case field, as a matter of fact, was just kind of our operations and organizational culture stuff. When I started getting into that, which was because I showed up for the wrong call for one of our consultants, I realized it was so impactful and what I thought I totally had handled was a huge area of improvement. And we've been seeing huge dividends from doing that. So I think even if you have something that you think you have sort of super handled, I think just the diversity of the speakers and like, you know, like Moshe said, it's like, um, (laughs) we got 39 fantastic speakers, comma, and Jan Roos. So, (laughs) but anyways, um, I think that it's important for people to hear your message because you're not, it's not just the fact that you've, you've figured out this, you know, this system for state planning attorneys, your system would work for anybody. And the idea is, is to just recognize that a system is needed, that if you can automate the process, if you can make sure the ball's not dropped, that's what's required to be relevant down the road. You know, like it used to be that you could charge whatever you want for your time and whoever was willing to pay for it, that was your business model, right? That's not the case anymore. And the consumers are really smart. They're going to be looking for somebody who's good at what they do, Who, but it's not just that. They're looking for a good customer service experience. They're looking for something that's affordable. You know, if you have an open-ended legal service, it, hey, it's going to cost you, I don't know, X amount per hour. How many hours? I don't know. It could be 10. It could be a thousand. I can't tell you who wants to get into a situation like that. You know, imagine you walk into the car dealer and they say, oh, what do you want? Oh, I'm interested in the Honda Pilot. Well, do you want the one that's 10 bucks or the one that's $50,000? Or how about the one $100,000? They're all the same. Which one would you like? Right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's like, you know, it's, it's such an important thing too. And like, just to um, not, I'll, I want to save some of it for the stage too, but for anyone just to like, as far as the, the breakout sessions and the, the talks that we're going to be doing, if you guys have been fans of the content that we've been doing around intake, I mean, obviously we've been having a huge focus on estate and elder planning firms the last year, but we're making this really accessible to any consumer facing practice area. And I'll kind of leave it at that. <laughs> that adds, um, if uh, doubling the amount of case files that you guys are closing without increasing your marketing spend and, and getting that efficiency up is, is uh, interesting to you, then I'd suggest making it to my presentation. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super excited to share as, as well. And I, I think, you know, honestly, that's, that's one of the things too, especially for people who might be in a bit of a cash crunch heading into 2021. You know, the solution isn't always to spend more in marketing. And I, I speak against my own interest as a marketer <laughs> saying that, but it really has been super impactful for a lot of the friends we're working with. But um, yeah, so we're going to have the show notes with the link to sign up for the summit itself. But there's also one interesting thing that I am not qualified to talk about <laughs> as far as um, the way that you have everything set up with uh, just getting into the, the summit early. So can you tell us how that works, Moshe? Yeah. But before I do that, I just want to touch on a couple other things. So we want to make it more exciting for you. Because of that, we have invested heavily in a platform that's going to allow us to provide the ability for you to network with others. And I think it's really important now more than ever, we're in a disconnected world, we feel isolated, we're on an island, and we're craving human connection. And if you've ever been to a, an in-person conference, you know how good you feel when you leave having met a bunch of people. Or if you're an introvert and didn't meet anybody, how awful you feel when you leave and you didn't meet anybody. But we have we have solutions for both of you, right? So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a a speed dating style networking event where we pair you with somebody. You don't have to go and pick somebody out from the room. We're just gonna pair you with somebody. You're gonna have a conversation with them. We're gonna keep it to three minutes. And if you want to follow up with them, you exchange information, you move on to the next one. So that's gonna be a good a nice highlight, a nice add on for the event. And then if you get a VIP ticket, you get a swag bag in the mail. There's a lot of things that we're trying to just pepper in. We're also working on entertainment. We want to, we want to entertain you, not just educate you. So we're, I'm hopefully, and I, I'm not, we haven't announced any of this yet, but hopefully some musical entertainment, maybe some other kind of entertainment. We're going to be doing a grand prize giveaway at the end. We're going to be giving away some really cool stuff. We already announced we're giving away a Peloton, but there's going to be more. And, um, and we're super excited about all of those things. So if you are interested in joining, the one thing that you don't want to do is sit on the fence and wait and decide later because the price goes up every week. And that's essentially what I think you wanted me to share. Every Monday, well, every Sunday night at midnight, we increment the price. And I got that model from uh, Michael Stelzer, Social Media Marketing Marketing World is an event that he runs. And when he promotes the ticket, he essentially pot, you know increases the price every week. And it just kind of creates this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm you know, there's a sense of urgency. Uh, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to recreate that. However, we're behind the scenes, we're talking about raising the price of the VIP even more than that, and stopping this incremental price raising. Regardless, the tickets are never going to be cheaper than they are right now, between now and February 9th. So you want to just go to, uh, do you have your URL? It's um, com forward slash <laughs> LFG pod. There you go. LFG pod. Pod, lawfirmgrowsummit.com forward slash LFG pod. Jan will put it into the show notes. Snag a ticket. I will not let you down. I yeah, I was going to say you. too. <laughs> you're going to like the things you learn. 
I guarantee it. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, I also have to say too, uh, I always got a lot of reason to act now too. It's one of the things <laughs> we've been finding a lot of success with the, um, maybe something to consider your own law services, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the breakout session. But so Moshe, thank you so much for coming on. Um, a lot of ideas in this podcast itself, but if you want any more, uh, you know where to find it. So <laughs> super appreciate the time and I'll see the rest of you guys uh, next week at Tuesday on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Yeah. And Jan, I want to, first of all, thank you for having me and do my own close out here. Folks, you guys are podcast listeners. If you haven't checked out the Profit With Law podcast, I'd love it if you gave us a spin too. I know you can only listen to so much. So drop some other stuff except for Jan's show and come over and listen to mine. But if you haven't heard of it, check it out. And if you like it, subscribe to it. But regardless, I'd love to see you at the event February 9th. Jan, thank you for having me. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.